Do you ever feel that you've been really busy and yet you haven't achieved much? Do you ever find yourself getting terribly distracted by various fascinating rabbit holes? Do you actually know what the difference is between short, long and selective focus? And what the heck are vampire thoughts? Do we go onto autopilot when we get them? Keep listening. This episode is all about getting you focused. Yes! You have to find you, be you, and let them see you. Welcome to the Make It Real podcast. This is Tricia Lewis, your host. I speak to loads of fascinating individuals who've built their own businesses or just have loads of experience and story to share. You'll get tips, insights, motivated. So, listeners, we've gone international. Da, 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 da. Yeah, actually, Gothenburg is where we are now going to speak to this lovely guest. And for those of you who have to look things up on a map, that's in Sweden. Um, actually, seriously, I just looked it up on a map to double check. <laughs> so don't feel daft. Um, a rather beautiful place, I suspect. And I haven't been there, which is very bad. So this guest is called Katie Stoddart, and she is a high-performance leadership coach for entrepreneurs and executives. She's a speaker. She also is a podcast host, and I recently was a guest on hers. I don't think it's out yet, So, uh, but when this goes out, maybe that one will be out. So we're having a lot of podcast love. Um, she's a writer, and she's the founder of The Focus Bee, and that is going to give you a clue because we are going to go deep on what the heck is focus all about why do we need it how do we do it so i'm going to get katie to say hi and maybe add to that introduction if you'd like katie thank you so much Trisha, for the introduction and it's great to be here yes absolutely i'm eager to dive into the topic of focus i know that it's fundamental for our well-being and our productivity and I also think that nowadays, especially with so many of us spending so many hours in front of screens, uh, focus and concentration and attention are greatly diminishing. So that's why I'm very passionate to talk about yeah. this. Yeah, no, that, that's good. And, and bringing it into this current situation we're in is, as you say, very relevant indeed. Um, always has been relevant, but it might just be up there a little bit more. So. I think we've got to start from real base camp here because focus is a word and like all words, it might mean different people to different, different things to different people. So let's, let's go with how you sort of define what you mean in this and in what context, I guess, by the word focus. That is such a great question because I basically look at focus through three different lenses. So first, let's talk about what I call short-term focus. So short-term focus is the quality of our attention and concentration at any given moment. Another way to look at it is the way we channel our thoughts, our words, and our actions. For instance, let's look at an example. If you're focusing on a report, you're paying full attention, you're totally concentrated, and you're channeling your thoughts and your actions by writing that report. So 
everything goes into that tunnel. And this is why I feel the focus and flow are so tightly related because when you're fully focused, you end up in flow. When you're in flow, you're focused. They go together. It's one leads to the next. So this is what I call short-term focus. And this is where a lot of people are struggling nowadays and are getting very distracted, which means that they get quick dopamine fixes all day, but they're not able to be fully in flow, which ultimately isn't actually fulfilling and makes us counterproductive. Can I just tell you that I spent half an hour taking little bits of fluff out of my hairbrush the other day. Now, this might sound like a ridiculous thing to confess to my listeners and you, but I just want you to know how wonderful that made me feel. I just, I did, it was the weekend. I sat on the bed. I just washed my hair. I was about to use this brush. I thought, geez, this brush isn't that clean. And I took a bit of hair. And then there was a little bit of fluff stuck right on the bottom. And I thought, I, I want to get them all out. So bit by bit, I got a little stick and I was, and I realized half an hour passed. And this might sound, listeners, like the most ridiculous thing to be talking about, but it isn't, is it, Katie? It's not ridiculous. No, it's not. No, because it felt great. I felt relaxed. I felt calm. I felt like I could go and do something very creative as a follow-up to this or just chill out. It was the weekend. It didn't. So I suppose what we're saying, it doesn't actually have to be something world shatteringly important. Exactly. And we can get into flow with pretty much anything once we have that ability to focus. So your example with the hairbrush is perfect. And that's also a form of relaxation. But even something that's really boring, some type of paperwork, if we have this ability to focus, and maybe if we rise the channel a bit such as maybe doing it in a short amount of time or doing it better if you rise the challenge so it's not too boring you can get into flow mm, yeah many yeah and it's like a muscle i guess anyway let, let, let's go to the other two so that's number one short term the other uh, focus is long-term focus which is the direction we're focusing on so when we're working, specifically when we have our own business, it's so important to be very clear on our direction. And this is also a type of focus, because when you think about it, especially for those of us who have our own business, how can you pay attention every day fully? How can you be short term focused if you're not clear why you're even doing that task in the first place? It's easier in a corporate perspective because you have managers and people telling you what to do. So you might not be clear on your direction, but someone will be saying, please finish this by Friday. Now, when you have your own business and you're not 100% clear, it's not going to work. <laughs> mm, yeah, that does make a lot of sense. So number three. And number three is selective focus. These are essentially the three pillars of my book. And this is how I came up with this framework around focus, because I realized it's short-term focus. We just discussed long-term focus, the direction. And selective focus is probably the one I'm most passionate about, which is our ability to choose what we focus on at any given moment. Whoa, yes. Okay, let's let's go into that one because you've already kind of alluded to the fact that we're, we've got a lot of dopamine hits all over the place. Um, I think that might be something to do with, I assume, social media is, uh, yeah. So uh, 
I, it, it is concerning. I mean, I'm, you know, old school, so I do at least still have some remnants of knowing what it feels like to sit down with a book or, you know, maybe just look at birds on a tree or something. But yeah, I have grown up kids and I've watched them just sort of mindlessly scroll whilst watching television and yeah. How do we, is there a way then of, so, so why is selective focus important? I mean, the argument could be from certain people that say, yeah, and get, get with it, Trisha, you know, what the heck? It doesn't matter. You know, that's the way life is now. But there's something more going on, isn't there, I guess, that, that's not altogether brilliant. I think part of it comes down to being intentional. And when we're trapped or addicted to social media or our phone, we lose the power to be intentional about how we spend our time, our energy and our attention. And if you're more selective, it's basically you're more intentional. So you can choose in this two hour, these two hours I have this evening, do I want to scroll my smartphone for two hours? Do I want to binge watch Netflix? Do I want to read this book? Do I want to spend quality time with my partner? But you have a choice. And if we operate from a purely autopilot, getting used to this dopamine loop that we always have, then we end up doing the default. This is why so many people just watch Netflix every night because it has become their default because that's where they get the highest dopamine hit. And selective focus is both about being more intentional, but it's also about understanding how when we focus on different things, it makes us feel in different ways. Realizing that when you focus on a specific thought that I yesterday decided to label vampire thoughts. <laughs> oh, wow. I love that. Okay. I thought, why am I not labeling these thoughts? We always say pay attention to them. I'm paying attention. I'm labeling them. So when you have the vampire thoughts that drain your energy, this is, you're focusing on them. And you could choose in that moment, you can be selective and selective focus and choose what I've decided to label fairy thoughts. <laughs> so you've got the vampires and the fairies and you've got a bunch of neutral thoughts too. But by reframing your thought, you can change your focus, which ultimately will change our actions because depending on what you think, you speak in a different way, you act in a different way. I noticed that as soon as I have these vampire thoughts, I suddenly want to watch TV or, or take my phone or because you want to drain uh, or get rid of that pain or that uncomfortable feeling. So instead of doing that, if you reframe, choose a fairy thought or a neutral one or pause in your mind, suddenly you feel so much better. And then it's easier to pick up a book or to call someone and have a nice conversation because you're no longer escaping the pain. So this is also a huge part of selective focus, being aware of our thoughts and choosing mindfully which ones we want to you know, listen to. <laughs> I, well, I'm, yeah, it won't surprise you. I'm completely with you on that. So I think what's interesting is that we delude ourselves, don't we, into thinking that we're being selective and intentional when we pick up our phone or flip up our screen to go. We, 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 we're living in a fool's paradise here. We say, yes, yes, no, I'm quite deliberately looking through my LinkedIn or my whatever, whatever. And yeah, it's 
it's a danger zone because then it, that, that's a double whammy then because it's not even as if we're picking that up and saying hey i know i'm being really bad here and i'm being unintentional got no ruddy focus i'm just distracting myself you're not saying that you're actually you've actually given yourself a little script that says yeah no i know exactly what i'm doing mm. The more I look into this, the more I see that we're biologically wired towards it. I'll give you an example. The other day I was with a friend in Stockholm. We were visiting Stockholm for the first time this weekend. And she showed me Pinterest on her phone. Now, as a rule, I spend as little time as possible on my phone. I literally maybe check it twice a day, quickly the WhatsApps, maybe a phone call. I spend very little time on there because I know it's addictive and I want to do other things. And she showed me this for different examples and I'm highly creative. So I thought, I'm just going to try just for the heck of it. So I tried for half an hour, opened Pinterest, created a bunch of boards with all my topics, personal development and books and you name it. And what I realized, I only use Pinterest for half an hour and I have a huge distaste to actually being on my phone. I thought about Pinterest afterwards maybe seven to 10 times while I was walking for dinner, while I was eating, while before going, and it just kept popping into my mind. And I thought, this is crazy. <laughs> I thought, no wonder everyone's addicted to Instagram or Pinterest or social media. I did this activity once, 30 minutes, and it kept popping into my head, even though I didn't have my phone on me, even though I had no intention of using it, because the dopamine hit that I got from all the colors and all the images was so strong that your brain is thinking, oh, quick dopamine there, quick. It's like having a really nice cake. Then you're just craving that cake. It's just this, the dopamine is so high that it makes it very difficult for us to choose instead a book. Oh, I <laughs> Because because I know I'm guilty of this, and I'm like a really intelligent human being, Katie. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I know about the brain, and I, you know, and I. This is the kind of stuff I've studied, and and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And yet still, and in fact, I had four days with no social media at all. This is what people are increasingly doing, aren't they? Which only goes to show that it's addictive because otherwise you wouldn't need to do it, you know? So I thought, no, so I put my posts on all the social media sites to say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm going off thing for four days, which is pathetic because the idea that everybody is living their life around whether I'm on social media or not is unbelievable. But this is what we do. Um, but what I'm thinking is, if you, so you've got what is really a bit of a mess in your head when you don't have any points of separation and purposeful, deliberate pauses and maybe even staring into nowhere for five minutes. Um, it, all of the, I think visually it's like a bowl of spaghetti, isn't it? It's, it's all over. I think actually there's a difference between male and female brains, but I don't want to go over genderific on this, but I did once read a bit more about the mechanics of brains and there is a greater separation between the two hemispheres in a male brain, isn't there? Yes, I think they do have, from what I've read biologically, mm. a greater ability to focus, whereas women are more prone to multitasking and having several ideas. So maybe it, they are better at focusing. Sometimes. And you see, you mentioned multitasking. That's that's great because I, I have always um, 
put a label on myself, which I thought was quite cool, of being brilliant at multitasking. And I say, no, 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 I'm brilliant at multitasking. Of course I can do that and listen to that at the same time. Yeah, I I know the radio's on, but I'm writing this blog. Um, I'm good at multitasking and I'm also very creative like you. So those two things um, can become quite a difficult field of play in your brain. because you're sort of thinking, this is cool, this is who I am, you know, this is the way I work, I'm good at this, you know, uh, and oh, look, I've come up with another fabulous creative idea. Um, I wonder if this is an actual practical thing. So I'm showing listeners evidence that I'm now showing Katie, okay, Um, is a little tiny journal, um, A6, with a little tiny pen on one side, because I said to myself, I must always have this with me when I go out for walks, etc., etc., or when I'm just maybe waking up in the morning or whatever it is, because of my highly creative brain, um, to jot stuff down. And is that the sort of practical thing that helps us be more focused I, I i'm not sure whether you can work your way through what the heck i'm trying to say but give it a go i think i understand what you're saying and this is a great tool for people like yourself like me who are highly creative because it means that you can just jot it down and then move on and this is particularly great if you are focusing on a given task and then you suddenly want to Google something or you suddenly think you want to contact somebody. So this is a great way to not get distracted, make a note of it, and then you can go back. As David Allen always says, our brain isn't made to keep ideas, it's made to create ideas. So you don't want to keep them in there. So putting them on the paper is very healthy. But who's, in general, who's, who said that again? David Allen. David Allen. Yes. Allen, A-double-L-A-N. A-double-L-E-N, I think, yeah. from getting things done. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. Yes. Interesting. He, 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 Tim Ferriss interviewed him on the Tim Ferriss show, and he explained pretty clearly his methodology. It was, it was a really good episode, so I got a lot out of that episode. So our brain isn't really designed to keep stuff. It's designed to create stuff. Yeah. And it's yeah. constantly predicting and trying to figure out. Yeah. that's that's a really really good point to have in mind and so it is like a massively overcrowded ridiculous office old-fashioned filing cabinet that's just got stuff stuck in the back and all over the place and it's it's you know when you come to that point you want to do something sensible with your time and you've got to spend actually twice the amount of time you've got available just looking for the thing that you wanted to work on exactly And this is why I'm so passionate about having a lot of mental space. This is why I encourage so many people to take a lot more breaks, which greatly contributes to focus, but also means that you're not in that moment where when you work nonstop without taking breaks, your brain saturates and goes for all the easy little tasks and makes it very difficult for you to have the stimulation and energy and motivation to do a proper task. You end up doing a bunch of little things that aren't that important just because you want to be focused on the screen instead of taking breaks regularly and actually doing proper work. Mm. 
Oh my gosh, yes, this is that I can literally feel the resonating vibes from the listeners. I just, <laughs> I just know it. I mean, oh god, that's me, that's me. Um, so, and they also be a bunch of highly intelligent, wonderful people. So it's not like it's stupid that you're being like this, listeners, because I'm, I'm, we're all in this together. Um, it, it's our brain, um, and it's. Right. The word habit has come into my head here because when you talked about, well, let's just take the simple thing of Netflix versus reading a book. <sighs> Guilty as charged. Okay. I have 3000 books on my shelves. Okay. And there are plenty. And in fact, when I, I sorted out in a very mindful way, a whole new bookshelf the other day so every book that I was putting on I was thinking oh my gosh I haven't probably read this and I want to read this again or whatever it was so there we go my lovely thought that I was going to do this task have I done it no um so that is because even although I feel an element of what I'm going to describe as guilt which I know is a bad thing but let's just go with it Every time I am watching television and not reading a book, I feel a sense of guilt. So what I would say was that I'm, I am neither thoroughly enjoying the television watching experience <laughs> and I'm missing on another thing that I think I should be doing. So that seems to be like the most absurd situation and it can only be a matter of habit. So what, what, what are your thoughts on, on the habit thing? I know there's various books and the Charles Dunhig book I've got on my shelf. Um, <laughs> and there's so many days that it takes to change a habit. What, what, what are your thoughts on that? Yes, habits is such a fascinating topic and it can help us a lot to change those behaviours. The way I look at it is not indulging in something that we don't want it to become a habit. For example, when I realized how much I liked Pinterest also, but also how addictive it was, I straight away thought I'm taking it off my phone. I did think it had some practical uses and it could be inspiration for certain posts and ideas. So I thought I might just keep it on a tablet, somewhere separate, but I made a conscious choice before getting into the habit of checking it too often. So that's one thing. If you haven't yet indulged in a habit, but you know you don't want this to be part of your life, noticing when it has that addictive tendency and not indulging in it and being aware that every time you start to reopen your phone to go on it, you're building that habit. So I noticed this with LinkedIn at one point. I only used to use LinkedIn on my computer. At one point I had it on my phone and I was just checking it at really random moments that why am I doing this? I only want to keep LinkedIn at work. I'm at home. Why am I doing this? And stopping that from becoming too much of a habit. That's one thing. But another thing is when you already have a habit in place. For instance, in your case, if you're already watching television and maybe you prefer to be reading, well, then it's a matter of changing that habit, really. <laughs> there aren't a million <laughs> solutions. It's, you know, de decreasing the television time, maybe having, installing a new habit of every time after dinner, I'll read for 10 minutes. And then if I want, I'll continue reading or I'll watch a show. Try to trick yourself because once you start reading, then maybe you'll enjoy it and you won't want to go and watch television. Things like this, like little tricks to get out, um, to change the way we function. Mm, that is it, isn't it? Little tricks. No, I like that. That's definitely, that's definitely it. Um, 
because you know we I've created a habit uh, with my husband started at the beginning of lockdown last year of doing a little yoga little very low-key yogary thing in the morning but we do it every morning and there have been mornings where I thought oh you're joking Ooh, boring um but we've done it okay we just started it and guess what? I feel really better after doing it. It's only like 10 minutes. Hey, so that's the other thing is maybe we have this odd panicky thing as business owners about time, because I noticed I had to really stop myself thinking oh, I should be doing X, Y, Z. So when I'm sat there taking longer over considering a chapter in a book say that I might want to take something out of to use in a video or an article or whatever I think this is a bit indulgent I'm taking quite a lot of time out here and for some reason the idea that I would be at my desk with a screen doing duh, 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 feels much more like I'm properly running my business so that's a that is a trick that we are cultivating our brain to play on us how ridiculous is all this we are literally the only ones in charge of our brain aren't we and we almost think of it as something that's got someone else in charge of it yes it is and it's scary and it's strange and it's so strange when you realize in the middle of a thought why am I going down this doom and gloom scenario? I can pause it. And when you pause your thought, it, it's a re, it, the brain is a really, really strange thing. And I can totally relate with that guilt feeling and also that feeling that it's not proper work if we're not typing at the computer. And I think this is also from a belief that we think that work should be hard or a belief that we think it should be on the computer or both. And as soon as you accept that work can be fun or that it doesn't have to be on the computer or I think it's a belief. I feel I've had it. I know a lot of business owners have had it. This sort of belief work equals hard, difficult, annoying. There has to be some sort of element to it that we dislike. So if it's all pure fun and joy, does that really count as work? It's a definition, I think. You're absolutely right. And, and I've just written down the word achievement. And, and there's this um, other little thing that I think tricks us that we that we have this, I've got to achieve something, I've got to achieve something. And it and it and that's an odd one as well, isn't it? Yes, uh, again, it's the dopamine. We get that dopamine every time we achieve something. So we get dopamine hits from emails and social, we get dopamine through novelty, so every email and social media or fun pictures or YouTube, all of that is pure novelty and visual stimulation. But the healthier way of getting dopamine is every time we finish a task. So completion and achievement and done and ticking things off, that's also a dopamine boost. We're basically just this <laughs> dopamine <laughs> running after the dopamine machine. I don't know how to explain it. And once you do like a bit of a de dopamine detox or like you said, four days away from social media or meditation retreat, then you realize how much dopamine has a pull on our brain and our mind and you're more able to, to pause it before turning on the phone, before turning to this device, because you realize it earlier and it's a choice. I think it's sometimes you have to choose a less dopamine rewarding activity that you actually rather would do. And then you don't have the guilt to come back to the book and television you were mentioning, because mm. that guilt comes from the lack of alignment between your thoughts, what you actually want to do, your thoughts, your values, 
and what you're actually doing. But sometimes for that to be aligned, you have to choose something that gives you less dopamine, which is hard for our brain. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I mean, talking about the sort of chemicals in the brain. So we're talking here very much as if dopamine is like an evil thing. Is it ever? I mean, and then there's cortisol, isn't there? Is the other is the sort of happy, happy thing. Um, so obviously we want to be happy. That's kind of a thing we, you know, it's a bit of a trite thing to say, but you know what I mean? So are we, have we got into a completely, again, deluded upside down way of thinking that we think, so we think we're happy because we're getting this dopamine hit. Um, but it, but obviously anything that has, has to have a hit has got a down. Um, so therefore we're now managing the downs without even realizing it. Um, we're just going back on the hit again. Um, I assume that things like physical movement and exercise and stuff like that is going to give us a much better injection of the healthy, happy chemical. It also gives us dopamine, but like you said, maybe it manages it in a different way. So the four key chemicals are dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins. Cortisol is the one that gives you stress. It can be good sometimes for the boost, but it's the one that gives you stress. And the dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins, you get through different activities, such endorphins typically with sports, but also with laughing, which is good. And food also gives us the dopamine, certain, uh, you know, dark chocolates and avocados, I think. So there's lots of ways of having these chemicals. So they're not at all bad. It's good. Dopamine, like you said, makes us happy. So does oxytocin, the hug hormones. So they all contribute to our happiness. I think the, the danger here is that these activities give us a too high hit that we mm -hmm. wouldn't have in less artificial surroundings. If we were all in the jungle, we'd get that dopamine hit <laughs> through eating a certain food or through running that extra mile or, and we get it in a healthier way. And the problem is now we're getting these too high levels, which means that I, we become more dependent, hence the addictive nature and that has a downfall. And then we're constantly seeking higher, higher, higher levels of dopamine in an unhealthy way. Now, if you're getting dopamine because you're exercising or that dopamine because you just finished reading a book or dopamine because you just you know, finished an important work task, we're all driven by dopamine every single day, but it's choosing what activities we want to indulge in to get that dopamine reward. And maybe choosing work or be less dopamine high than watching a YouTube video, but ultimately it matters more to our fulfillment, to our work progress, to our growth. So when we're aligned with our values, it becomes a more natural choice for us to do and we're less tempted by the distractions. I love that. Oh, that was just pure joy. <laughs> and it's interesting actually, because there's a very interesting connection here. Oxytocin, as you say, the, the hug chemical, and it's also, um, I think research has suggested it is released when people are listening to stories. So we go straight to a connection with reading, don't we? Um, so there. Yeah. Exactly. Sort yeah. of a, another alternative. And it's not to say that all these high dopamine activities are bad. It's not to label, you know, YouTube or Pinterest or, or Netflix as bad. The only thing is they're highly addictive and mm. we don't realize and we underestimate it. If mm. I wasn't so highly, highly, highly aware about it, 
when I started Pinterest the other day, I probably would have been on it already 10 times since. I only went on there twice, I think. But because I have this awareness and I noticed how often it popped into my head and I thought, whoa, okay, this was more addictive for me anyway than I want to admit or realize. So I have to, before we wrap up, I've got to ask a question that might be in the heads of the listeners because it's in my head. Okay, so... I am utterly behind you on all of this. I, I think this is this is really, really important stuff and getting more so. Um, but what about the biz from a business perspective? Okay, so um, you know, you're you're coaching entrepreneurs who are being given a message on a minute-by-minute basis that they have to be on social media, otherwise they will not grow their business. Nobody will know they exist. They've got to not just be on social media as with just the odd post here and there. In fact, it's not even good to schedule it. So you've got to be on there and you've got to be connecting, you've got to be commenting, you've got to be actively following, finding the right people to follow. So it's really a big thing. So of course you have to go on there regularly throughout the day to make sure you haven't um, missed a comment that somebody's made on your post because you need to react to that because anyway the algorithms also go blah 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 now what do we do now we're in a right old mess how do we get out of this one <laughs> yes and i've thought that many times before which is why i only have linkedin and i don't have instagram or facebook now i'm not saying this or twitter i'm not saying this is what all business owners should do this was my personal choice it's a really tricky balance the only real solution i've found to this is once more being very intentional and having maybe one or two slots a day. At one point when I noticed I was checking LinkedIn too much during the day, typically this happens when you don't have very clearly defined activities or outcomes. So I have a few things to do, but it wasn't clear enough. So you end up on LinkedIn too often. I had a piece of paper where I would mark how often I've checked LinkedIn and how often I've checked my emails. And my aim was to check three times a day maximum. The reason I did this was to raise my awareness. Like, so I don't just go by default. I go if it's purposeful, maybe at the end of the day as a check to answer people's messages. And then at the same time, answer everyone's comments. This is the best solution I found for myself. I've also seen it work with my clients, which is just having specific slots. Mm -hmm. Ideally late in the morning. So you don't do it first thing, just the same with the emails and maybe just before leaving work. That's the only sort of compromise I've found, but it's very tricky because we're also told to, you know, in, <laughs> engage with everyone's posts and do a lot of things that are on social media. So, and the other part would be having a separation, maybe a boundary with private life. So if uh, someone is on social media just for work, which is my case with LinkedIn, no personal related things, then having a certain time where we stop like after 6 p.m. or the weekends. I'm never on LinkedIn over the weekends. So having moments, boundaries where this is work and I'm not just going to scroll LinkedIn on my phone on a Saturday morning because I'm bored, <laughs> but instead I'll go up and go for a walk or do something else. So having a clear boundary uh, when to use it. So do you go on any other social media site at the weekends? I need to ask no, you this. No, no. Oh, wow. I mean, I don't like being on my phone. I literally, I actively dislike it. I mean, I get a headache from it and my eyes get watery. I mean, I just don't like being on my phone. So it makes it really, really easy for me not to be on my phone. <laughs> If that makes sense. Well, it does. It does. I mean, but the problem is the phone isn't just a 
ruddy phone. I mean, so, I mean, we, we're, we're attempting to get in a habit of taking an ordinary camera out with us at the weekends, because otherwise that is your camera. And so you've got the phone, you've got the camera. Of course, you're likely to go and think, well, I'll just check who's on Instagram. All right. Um, somebody like my post on Instagram. Um, yeah. So trying to get into a habit, we, we're, we're using an ordinary camera, which is like so old school. Um, but you've almost got, but it is very, very difficult unless you go and buy an old style phone um, to, to not have anything on there. You, you have literally purposefully got to remove more or less every app. I mean, so on your phone, do you have any apps? Okay, so I do have, Okay, I do have the traffic uh, thing to pay my tickets on the tram yes. in Sweden. I have WhatsApp and text messages. But most during the whole day, pretty much my phone is in plane mode unless I actively need it. So if I want to actually check a message or answer someone, which I'll do maybe once or twice during the day, then I'll put it. So then when I use it as a camera, it's in plane mode. So I don't see any anything and all my notifications are off. I also have a, an app to track my expenses. So I sometimes go on there and I think that's it. And I added Pinterest, which I'm taking away. <laughs> and then just basic things like, like the bank system and yeah. just little things like this that you need. But because I don't have social media on there, LinkedIn, but I sign out. Um, yeah, and I don't have Instagram full stop. So it, social media really is the, the one that I think Instagram for most people and Facebook are the ones that are the most addictive. Probably. Yeah, absolutely. And you've got a book. Tell me about your book. Yes, I'm still writing it and it's on focus and it covers those three topics. So short term focus, long term focus and selective focus. And the idea is for people to be a lot more aware, a lot more mindful about how focused they are, how they manage their attention and to really start to notice now i'm going to ask you a question then because i've just i've just as you know had a book published all right and the reason i spent more time on instagram making it look good and all the rest of it blah de, blah de, blah was guess what to market my book so are you going to manage to how are you going to market your book casey without being all over social media i think probably just linkedin in my newsletter but otherwise maybe i'll just delegate it I might get other people to do it. I might create Brilliant. the content because I like creating content. I create all my posts on LinkedIn and I like creating it, but I might get other people to post and engage and actually do it. <laughs> so I have more mental space because it's a lot about the space in our minds too. It's not all about the addiction. It's the reminder and the checking yeah. and the notifications. It, it makes it all, like you said, a bowl of spaghetti. A bowl <laughs> of spaghetti. A messy bowl of spaghetti. Um, yeah, I, I absolutely, I could go on forever. This is like, we won't, don't worry. I am going to let you go on with the rest of your day in Gothenburg. Um, why is it when I say Gothenburg, it sounds like, it's Batman, isn't it? Maybe. Is it Batman? I'm not sure. No, it's Gotham City. Batman is Gotham City. I'm very old. You don't remember the original Batman. Everything's fine. Don't worry about it, Katie. There are listeners who will know that I'm not talking complete rubbish, although almost. Right, so Gothenburg isn't where Batman lives, everybody, <laughs> but it is where Katie is. And um, I, you'll have to come back, actually, when you when the book's out, because I, I, this is such an interesting topic. And I feel like there's more about you that we uh, need to explore as well. We, I didn't even get into talking about your story of how you got to it. Yes, that's it. You'll have to come back. End of. OK, <laughs> fantastic. Oh, this has been so helpful. Now, just tell the listeners how they continue. Obviously not on social <laughs> 
on linkedin it's fine i do check my linkedin every day of the week it's good i'm still reliable on linkedin so yes katie stutter on linkedin and my website thefocusb.com and that's it see simple and your lovely podcast of course which is on thefocusb.com yeah yes it's on thefocusb.com or you can yes type the focus b show on spotify or youtube or anywhere really (laughs) apple podcast yeah and I tell you, you might say simple, but for some of us who with our creativity and uh, distraction and um, lack of focus and multitasking can manage to make a website into a brilliant distraction tool. Oh, I'm going to update that page. Oh, look, I don't quite like the layout of this. I'm going to put a different photo in there. Yeah. So and I. Yeah. OK. Yeah, we'll, just, we'll just leave that hanging, listeners. Katie is nodding vigorously. Yeah. That has just been brilliant. Thank you so, so much. And um, speak to you again soon. Thank you so much for having me. Take action. Try this one small step. Try a habit breaker. So the next time you're about to go on social media, because it's so important that you catch up or look at something on TV, when really part of you is saying, shouldn't I be reading a book or going for a walk? Just stare into space for a few minutes or do something completely different and see if you can trick your brain and break the habit. If you want more tips and tactics and insights into human communication, then I am full of them. So head over to trishalewis.com for all my social media links and sign up for the fortnightly email so that you never miss a podcast episode and there's exclusive content there as well don't forget to check out my book the mystery of the squash cell and tune into the next episode